It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. It's time to get inside the Giants huddle. Huddle up, huddle up, huddle up. On Giants.com. Here we go, here we go. And the Giants mobile Get them in there, let's go. Part of the Giants podcast network. All right, we're back here on the Giants Huddle Podcast, brought to you by PSE&G, energy efficiency for game time and anytime. Visit pseg.com slash Giants uh, for discounts, rebates, and home energy assessments. Joining us, he's a now talk show host. He's a radio guy down in Dallas. G-Bag Nation, correct, Mr. Broadus? That's me, absolutely. And you can find him on the radio down there, but for our purposes, more important, former NFL scout, also a host of the draft show for DallasCowboys.com, which is a great draft show, similar to what Tony Pauline and I do up here on draft season. It's not just Cowboys stuff. It's all draft stuff. So if you guys want to listen, uh, you guys should go tune in. And, you know, on this show, we like to dig deep into analytics. We like to talk about, you know, players on the field, players off the field. Sometimes I just want to get crusty and I want to talk about old school scouting. A guy that's been on the road and done all the hard work. And you won't find anyone crustier than Brian Broadus. Mr. Broadus, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, John, and you're absolutely right about that. When you want to go for the crusty side of football scouting, uh, you've come to the uh, come to the right area. I, I'm trying to learn about this analytics stuff that you guys have been working on here for the last several years, but I just kind of find a way you guys all gravitate back towards what I think about, and that's watching that tape and seeing if these guys can play or not. He's a man with a clicker, a tape measure, and a stopwatch. He is Brian Broadus. Uh, and sometimes, sometimes John, even pool chalk. And I'll, I'll tell you a real quick little story about pool chalk. Yeah. Uh, when you go on the road and you don't have the vertex to be able to get the vertical jumps, sometimes what you do is you take pool chalk and put it on that guy's finger, the player's finger, have him jump up on a wall. He hits that spot. You measure from reach to the blue mark of the pool chalk, and you get that done. I, I've heard a story, too, real quick about Gil Brandt one time ran a player in a 40-yard dash in an airport terminal just so he can. He didn't have, you know, you got the, the carpet surface and all that. Gil measured out 40 yards in an airport terminal. God. Got the kid, stood at one end, kid started, got the time, Gil went on to the next school. So, Hey, you, you might be crusty, but you got to be crafty too at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. You got to be resourceful. Speaking of, I don't think I've ever asked you this, Brian. What pick that you were involved in, whether it was a Dallas with Green Bay, any of your stops, where you really pushed for a guy, maybe other people weren't on board, they picked him and he worked out. Like, what guy gives you that proud Brian face that you think back and you're like, damn, I nailed that dude? I'll tell you what, um, man, it was... Well, I, I got to run a draft in Philadelphia, and that was in 1998. And uh, we were, myself and Mike Lombardi, who's now uh, does a lot of speaking and this and, and all that. Mike and I were working together on the draft. We, we Jeff Lurie, the owner, says, hey, you know, we're moving on from Dick Daniels, so you guys are responsible for the draft. Half the scouts quit because they don't want to work with me. And so I'm down to really like a former giant, Mark Ross. Mark Ross was uh, with us 
um, in Philadelphia. His very first job out of uh, Penn, very bright guy, knew exactly what he wanted to do. And so it was myself, Mark Ross, Dan Shanka, who runs our labs. Oh, I love Dan. Uh, and, and Jake Hollum, who have since have passed away. Uh, and we basically put together a board in Philadelphia. And it was it was one of those drafts where uh, four of the eight picks that we made end up making the Pro Bowl. And what's sad about it is that, that myself and Lombardi, Mike traded for Hugh Douglas in that draft. Mike went around and I know I'm telling a long story here, ah, but I think I like it. time, but, but Mike comes into my office at the vet in Philly and goes, uh, Hey, do you have anybody on your board better than Hugh Douglas in the second round? I said, I don't think so, Michael. I really don't. And he goes, you want to make a trade? We could get Hugh Douglas from Parcells for a second round pick. And I said, Let's do it. If that's man, let's do it. I, there's nobody on that board that's better than him. So we made that trade. So it, it set up our draft to where we took Trey Thomas. And I just remember about that Trey Thomas pick was that, you know, we were in a situation where we were struggling at quarterback. There were questions about, could you take Randy Moss? You know, just, there was a lot of things floating around that 98 draft. And I think the one I'm not really proudest about was the Thomas pick. And I know it was a first round pick, but Trey ended up playing like 13, 14 years, you know, at tackle. And, you know, we were in a situation where, um, you know, we needed help on the offensive line with Ray Rhodes and all that. But the sad thing about that, John, is that Michael and I ran that draft in April by May, Tom Modrak was in there taking over for what we had done. And then, we had tried, you know, we had talked about how we were going to do this, and we worked on even getting Andy Reid. Andy Reid was a neighbor of mine in Green Bay, and Andy and was we were trying to hire him as a coach and as offensive coordinator because John Gruden leaves to go to to Oakland, and so we're working on this thing. And, and Michael and I felt like we could have gotten this thing going the right way. Andy, you know, Andy gets hired as a the head coach the following year. It works out great. Plays, I mean, was a coach for a long time, and uh, and but then he drafts Donovan McNabb. So I felt like that that draft set him up. You know, not only did we have the draft right to start, we got the coach right, and but we weren't around to do it. But I, I think that if I just could be proud of a draft. I think that '98 one in Philadelphia, and it, it really did. It set Philadelphia up to where. It tormented not only Cowboy fans, Commander fans, Giants fans. They went on a hell of a run uh, in Philadelphia with that 98 draft, hiring Andy Reid, and then turning around and drafting Donovan McNabb. They just, it just all kind of came together for them, uh, you know, as it goes. And, and that's the sad part. I'm proud of that to this day. Anytime that I see Jeff Lurie, he always thanks me. He always says, thank you for what you did. Thank you for coming in. Thank you for having a stable draft. But again, I was, I was really proud of, like I mentioned, Mark Ross, you know, Mark Ross is a, you know, was a giants guy and, and uh, you know, whether you like Mark or not, Mark did a hell of a job for us as a, as a very, very young scout. So proud of that draft, how it was overall and how it did and how it worked out. Yeah. That Eagle team, the last uh, NFC East team that went back to back division crowns with that yeah. core. So it's been uh, up and down since, 
Now, the good thing, Brian, one of the reasons I wanted to have, well, have you on every year because I just like talking to you, but also, much like two years ago, the Giants and Cowboys picking back-to-back. And you've been focusing on that a lot. The Cowboys are at 26. The Giants are at 25 this year. And the last time this happened was two years ago when the Cowboys, frankly, made Giant fans lose their minds by trading with the Eagles and costing the Giants Devontae Smith in that draft, which they were not happy about. So I guess we've both been thinking about 25 a lot. I kind of want to refocus on that in this episode. Where do you think value is going to lie at 25 and it all comes down to who's going to be left on the board so when you've been thinking about this and who you think is going to be gone who you think is going to be there i'm going to take Bijan robinson and slide him to the side because i think that's the easy answer i don't want to make it easy on you who's the best player on your board that you think will be there when the giants and cowboys come up at 25 and 26 I think that's a really a good question. Usually when you say that, you're trying to buy yourself some time to think about exactly how that board <laughs> is going to be coming to you. I kind of feel like that. I feel like, John, that you and I are drinking from the same bottle of wine once again. And um, we're a little bit of the mercy of the board. I think the deeper positions that you can think about and the Bijan Robinson one will be a fascinating test. Uh, not so much for Giant fans, but for Cowboy fans, that will be the test of whether they will truly take the best player on their board. Um, I, I'm feeling like to me, one of these receivers could be looking at, you know, you'd be looking at with the, you know, there's the, 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 the we've talked about, you know, the giant situation at skill, the Cowboys situation at skill. I know the Cowboys fans and all, all of us have kind of been focusing more on the tight ends but the Cowboys in their 30 visits have brought in, again, I, I know this is a Giants-centric podcast, but I, I just kind of feel like the same players are going to sure. be there. So if I prefer the Cowboys, please know, Giant fans, you're probably going to take the player that the Cowboys would maybe like to have. I'm going to be interested to see what happens at this wide receiver spot. I wonder if Quentin Johnston, uh, you know, what, what receiver is going to fall – into that range. I mean, you, this is a really um, unusual year, John, and I know you've done a lot of study on this draft already. I don't have a tremendous handle on the wide receiver class. And I say that in a way where I'm looking at it as I'm sitting there thinking about, okay, what do I want to do at wide receiver? But wait a minute, there's five, nine guys. There's guys that are 173 pounds. There's guys yeah. that, you know, there's guy. It's not the. It's not what the parameters that we've looked at in the last several years. Yeah, Brian, I will say this very quickly. The only guy I feel super confident about in the first round, and I mean super confident, is Jackson Smith and Jigba. Everyone else, I have some worries about. To be totally honest with you, I, I I don't. I totally don't disagree with you there because that's me. I I think that you know there's people, and I always refer to to, to drafting a little bit or these player evaluations like ice cream. You know. Your chocolate chip is my rocky road. And so as long as you're doing the work, I, Smith and Jigba is a tremendous player. And, you know, where where's that first receiver going to fall? Is the first receiver going to fall at, at Houston, you know, up there at, at, uh, at, at 13? So I'm kind, of, I'm kind of in that mode right now, 12 or 13, that spot there. I'm kind of in that mode right now where I'm, I'm watching – I'm watching to see, and I'm watching to see what order, because nobody has these in the exact order. Myself, Addison, Smith, and Jigba, Johnson, and then I've got Hyatt, and now I'm trying to figure out 
Flowers from uh, Boston College, 5'9 guy. Now, you mentioned about my crusty background. You know, when, you know, when you back in the day when I was drafted in Green Bay and in Philly and other places, if you told me I was a 5'9 wide receiver, I would tell you that guy better walk on water. You know, I mean, that it's just, you know, but we're starting to see more of that where teams are willing to take and Parcells even told me this when I, when he worked in Dallas, he says, Brian, if you draft an exception, you'll have a team full of exceptions, you know, and I always remember that from Bill, you know, he, you know, those giant teams back in the day when they got off the bus, they looked the same. I mean, the linemen, the backs, the receivers, the tight ends, the defensive players, they all looked the same. It wasn't this mismatch of now you can talk about a Joe Morris or, Dave, Megan, guys, but that was something that again, those are those were guys that were taken later. When you're starting to talk about early, there's people talking about, and I've seen mock drafts where you know Flowers has gone, you know, either ahead of the Giants, at the Giants. I mean, it's you know Flowers, Downs, Scott. There, there, you know, there, there's all these guys that are just shorter, smaller players, and. If you've got a feel for that, like you said, you got Smith and Jigba. I can't, uh, I can't disagree with you on that. I know that kind of talks about the wide receiver crew. Um, I think all those offensive tackles, with the exception of maybe Wright from Tennessee, uh, might be off the board. The quarterbacks will likely be off the board. The runners doesn't really concern your situation as much. So yeah, I mean the cornerbacks. We're kind of be we're going to be left where we're picking with guys that kind of fall out of our, our parameter first round grades. I know personally at 19 first round grades. Oh, me too. That's funny. I have 19 also. (laughs) Yeah. Player 20 player 20 is a second round grade on my board. So I'm right then and there, you know, fans are like thinking, Oh, you got 32 or this year, 31 picks. And I'm like, but you never have, you have somewhere between 18 and say 22 first round grades generally. So we're as the Giants and as the Cowboys, we're really looking at second round players unless somebody slides through like you mentioned a B. John Robinson. All right, I want to dig into the wide receivers and then I want to get the corners because I think both Giants and Dallas are shopping in the same area there. Look, to me, Jackson's within Jigba. You combine his route running with his size. I think that's what does it for me. That makes me comfortable with him, and that's why I'm happy with him. Jordan Addison, look, I think he's a, he's my second wide receiver. I think he's a really good player. I think he can play outside. The 173 does bother me a little bit, which is why he's kind of like that one-slash-two grade for me, not a one for me. You know, I don't see Josh Downs and Zay Flowers that differently. So many people have Zay Flowers as his, like, top 19, you know, top 20 pick, whatever you want to look at. I don't see that. I think him and Josh Downs are similar. I love Downs. I think he's great. Jalen Hyatt's a one-trick pony to me, and he plays in an offense that does not look like an NFL offense. And I don't think he's a great contested catch guy either. I know some people do. I don't think he's great at that. I think he's just fine. And then Quentin Johnson, Brian, and I'd like to get your take on this being down in Texas because I'm sure you guys have seen him a lot and talked about him a lot and all that stuff. You know, to me, he's weird. He's big. He's fast, but not ultra-fast. And you figure a guy like that, he's kind of skinny, right? He'd be a good contested guy. Right. He'd be a good contested catch guy down the field, but he's not. Like, he's eh at that. But he's great after the catch. How many tall, skinny right. guys are great after the catch? 
But is he going to be great after the catch in the NFL, or is he only great after the catch against Big 12 defenders who can't tackle? So I, I don't know kind of what to think about it with Johnson. I see the upside. Like, if he hits, he figures out his route running right now, which is, you know, not great. His separation ability on, on you know top of the route tree, not great. If he can figure that out, I see the, the upside. But to me, there is... There's a lot of danger with that pick, which is, you know, why for me, I don't know if you're going to get the value at wide receiver there, especially since I think a couple of those guys will get overdrafted before Dallas and New York even get on the clock. Yeah, I, I think you're I think you're right on that. Uh, exactly. John. When you mentioned, you know, the Cowboys took Smith uh, ahead of them with the trade with Philadelphia and all that. What did you think about Smith? Because he was a slider guy, a slider built guy. Yeah, I was worried about that, but I thought his tape was good enough that I didn't worry about it as much. I thought Smith's tape was significantly better than Addison's, to be honest with you, which is why I did not worry as much about Devontae Smith. Was it still in the back of my head? Sure. But I thought his tape was so overwhelming that I was willing to overlook it more than I did for Addison, who had good tape, but not great tape like Smith had. Right. I, You know, I like I said, I, th this thing to me is there's – and I know this is very cliche to say very boomer bust type of group. And depending on what you, what your flavor really is. I mean, there are people I know here in Dallas specifically, they're really averse against any slot only type of players, but you know, are you with flowers? Are you getting potentially a slot only player? Yeah, Brian, five, by the nine, way, real quick, eight. the Giants have like five slot only guys on their roster. They drafted Wendell Robinson yeah. last year. They have Jameson Crowder. Right. They have Paris Campbell. They have Sterling Shepard. I mean, how many slot right. guys can you have? No, that's that's exactly right. And you know, you're doing your best. Your quarterback, you know, your your head coach came in there, gave your team a heart. Your offensive coordinator is one of my favorite guys ever when it comes to young coaches with with Kefka I know that Andy Reid and again Andy and I were are dear friends and Andy you know he it hurt him to lose Mike so you know anything that the Giants do I talk about it on the radio quite a bit here on 105.3 the fan is what's the team in the division that it, you worry about the most if they start to build with the players and I go it's the Giants it's the Giants they got the coach they got the coordinator uh you know they're going to figure this thing out you know, so I, I I'm kind of like thinking, well, you know, if, if you're a Cowboy fan, please don't give the Giants wide receivers, you know, <laughs> please make it as muddled and as confusing as you can, because, you know, if they figure this out, that, you know, that's going to make that's going to make them even better within the division. But I, I don't know. Like I said, I I watched I watched Johnston play a bunch because he's right here in our backyard in, in Dallas. Uh, and I. This is a team at TCU, and people saw it on a national level. When they beat Michigan, you kind of went, huh, okay. George is a different beast. That's a completely <laughs> different beast when you play Georgia. But with the way that they dismantled Michigan, and Michigan has got good defensive players. Michigan's got corners uh, that can play. Turner, I think, is a good, a good player, good corner out of Michigan. So, you know, when you're able to, like, have success, and you mentioned the stuff about the Big Twelve. You're you're not wrong. I, I'm not sitting there and saying that. Oh, hey, it's one of the better uh, defensive uh, conferences in the in the country. It's not. But the thing with Johnston, and then even with Max Dugan, the quarterback who finished as a Heisman finalist, man, there were games where they were behind and had to have plays. 
And this is where Quentin Johnston, this is where he showed up. You know, they'd hand the ball to Miller, the physical side of that. But then they would go down the field, and Quentin Johnston made his majority of his plays. I remember the West Virginia game. You could watch that on tape. They're struggling at this game. It's kind of going back and forth, and they need to drive. And they just start throwing the ball to Quentin Johnston, and he starts making play after play after play and adjusting along the way. So, you know, at least there's that. It's like the old, uh, you know, Bob Seger song, working on mysteries without any clues. I think you have some clues with Quentin Johnston, but there's some questions though, too. There were some drops along the way and there were people that would tell you in his work, his workout in, in Fort Worth here recently, they had some drops there as well. So I'm, I'm telling you, the kid is capable of making huge plays like you talked about. No, I'm with you. All right. Let's say that, no, let's say wide receivers get wiped out or is not an option day one. You're looking for a guy that can play outside on day two. Give me a couple of your favorites. Uh, at wide receiver? Yep. Guys that can play outside. Yeah, I, I'm kind of I'm kind of in that mode right now where if you're completely wiped out, the guys, I mean, I've kind of got all these the, the shorter guys. I like Hyatt, I think, a little bit better than you do. So I think he can play outside. I think he could be a vertical player. I think you can teach him the nuances of running some routes and stuff like that. If you're a fan of the of Dane Brugler and his methods of scouting and stuff, Hyatt of his top 100, Hyatt's his 27th guy. So that's kind of where you know we're we're looking at you know Cowboys and Giants right now. How about I day two, guys, Brian? Let, let, let's say day one doesn't work, right? And you want to wait till okay, round, yeah, round, round three. Tillman, I think Tillman, if you're looking for a big, big, big body guy, I think Tillman's a guy uh, from Tennessee. He plays opposite of Hyatt is where I would mm-hmm. say. You know, there's there's not – I know people talk about – depending on what you think about Mingo uh, from, uh, from Mississippi, another bigger guy, Perry from uh, Wake Forest. These are the type of guys. If you're if you're if you're completely eliminating slot only guys, Tillman makes a lot of sense. Mingo makes sense. Perry makes sense for me as far as those bigger type of guys. If you're trying to eliminate the others, with you 100. percent All right, corners. Because I think Dallas is looking for corner two, right, or corner three now. I guess right because they made the offseason trade. Uh, for Gilmore. Giants looking for corner two. So maybe you guys haven't touched on these guys much. I have a pretty solid top four that I feel good about, Brian, in um, whatever order you want to go in, uh, you know, Gonzalez, Witherspoon, uh, Porter, and Banks. That's my order personally, though I could go back and forth in Gonzalez and Witherspoon at the top. I think they're both good in different ways. But the question is, Forbes, I love his tape. If he was just 185 pounds instead of 166 pounds, I'd be all over (laughs) that. Um, a, do you think all four of those top corners are gone by the time you get to 25, given the nature of the draft? And if they are all wiped out, is there anyone else that you would feel good about picking at the back end of round one? I think you're going to – I think you nailed this. I have Porter Gonzalez Witherspoon as my top three is what I've got. I love I love the fact that Porter – I love his length. I love his height. I love how long he is, uh, the range that he plays. I love the physicality he plays with. Gonzalez is there's not a smoother moving guy from Oregon than Gonzalez. Witherspoon, I think, has got a lot of really positive traits. We 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 traditionally, John, you've been doing this just as long as I have. 
when those quarters start to go, they go, they just go, you know, you don't, I I don't think that you're going to get a shot at Porter Gonzalez or Witherspoon in whatever order. I just don't think that any one of those guys is going to be there. I think, yeah, I think by the time we get to 17, maybe that quarterback group right there will be completely wiped out. The banks one is very, very interesting to me. Now, I know this about banks, and I the thing that I I've talked to a lot of people about him, and on the field stuff is really, really, really good. No character problems, no anything else that you're kind of dealing with uh, in that other regard. But is there things that you're going to have to really work with him on as far as you know? Okay, this is scheme. This is what we're going to do. This is a coverage. This, you know, how, how in depth are you going to have to get in with banks okay. about, uh, you know, his responsibilities and things, all these, all these players do have a certain level that you have to try. But I was hearing about banks is like, man, you got to really, you got to coach him. You got to coach him up and stuff like that. So I'm like, you know, Hey, I, I look at it as a positive thing. That's what coaches do, but just keep in mind on that. But, you know, super, super, super player. You mentioned the thing about Forbes. I'd have him next. But you're right. 166 pounds. Is this, you know, is this the draft of the outliers? You know, is this the draft that's going to remind everybody, well, you can play with a 166 pound corner. Oh, and by the way, you can play with a five, nine wide receiver and all that. So I kind of feel like that Banks, Forbes, Ringo from, from Georgia. Now there's an interesting one right there, just for the fact that you talk about the size and you talk about the measurables and stuff like that, but you could see sometimes that people do run by him, uh, you know, but then you could see other times where he's driving on the ball, making plays. I mentioned Turner from, uh, from Michigan might be a slot first guy and then kind of play him on the outside. Those would be, now I don't know how you look at branch from Alabama. I personally have him as a safety. There's some teams that are looking at him as a corner. Nickel and then maybe an outside guy. Outside well. corner, huh? Yeah, yeah. At so, four five eight outside corner. I don't know if I'm. I'm just on that one. I, it's it's you know what I I'm just telling you. I've talked to a lot of teams and that that because this is one of those things where at five eight you're going. I don't know if I want to play him a corner. But to me, I feel like he's a safety, and the reason I think he's a safety is. When he plays down in the box in that area, you know, he tackles, he's physical, but, but there's people that think he's a corner. And so I'm kind of like, not this guy, this guy thinks that he is a safety. And so I know that doesn't fit into what we're talking about here, but there's some teams that are talking about him and they'll be interested when he gets picked, what he's listed as. Because we'll see, they'll say, "Oh, he's listed as a corner," you know. But I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave him at safety. I'm going to work with Banks, Forbes, Ringo, Turner, Phillips, Rush, Cam Smith's another one uh, that uh, from South Carolina that probably not. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see him go in the second round. But this is a pretty, pretty deep group of cornerbacks. But where the Giants and the Cowboys are. You might have to oh, might have to reach on one because if you think you're going to get one coming back around in the third, that guy ain't going to be there. 
I mean, it happened to the Cowboys before. They got digs that way. You know, they drafted CeeDee Lamb at 17 and then turned around and Diggs got to him somehow, I believe at 60. But man, that I, I it just doesn't happen all that that often. No, look, I'm I'm with you, and I, I think you nailed those guys pretty good there. Corner. Do you think um Branch with that time gets to 25? Because I think his tape, you know, if you just want to look at grades, I think he's a first round player, and then you can look at yeah. position value, whatever you want. Do you think he gets to 25? I think <laughs> Again, <laughs> that's it depends gonna be tight. On, yeah, it depends on who if they think he's the safety. Because if people think he's the safety, he'll be the best, he'll be the number one safety off the board. That that's that's just in my opinion, that's the way it is. I don't think it's a particularly at the top a very good group of safeties, but in the middle of that like third, fourth, fifth round, yeah, I kind of feel that. But yes, if Will you have a shot to draft him? I'm going to say, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. Because I think, like I say, that the defensive backs that will be taken first are all those corners. And then they'll say, all right, we got to have the best safety. You know, I don't see, particularly, I don't see Dallas doing it, even though they could upgrade from Malik Hooker. Again, I'm sorry. I know I'm on a Giants podcast here, but if they were to upgrade as a for a free state, yeah, uh, he he is he would be a consideration for sure. Now I think both the Giants and Dallas Brian are in the mix for an interior defensive lineman at some point. The Giants do have Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams. Leonard Williams last year of his contract. You want to future proof that run defense was a big weakness for the Giants last year. For me, uh, I don't see a guy that I would be willing to take at twenty five a defensive tackle, assuming obviously Jalen Carter is not going to be there, and I'm going to assume Kalijah Kansi is not going to be there. But I have, I think worries. it's going to be close, man. I, I have think worries it's about be him close. as a first and second down player. Anyway, he's so I know people make the Aaron Donald comparison because of the helmet. Yeah. Like you look at his body type, that dude is not Aaron Donald. He's just no. Not. He's quick no. as hell, but he cannot no. hold up there physically. He just can't. Yeah. That's the thing. He has got to play on the move. And I think that I think you're right. I think people see the cloth and they see the six one and the two hundred and eighty one pounds and they kind of feel like they got the same player. It's not the same player. It's just not. Now, let me ask you, John, about that, because I do think can't I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be close. But where do you where do you see Breesy from Clemson? Where do you do you do you like anything with Breesy from from Clemson at all, or or is that something that uh, I'm way out of bounds on? No, look, I think he's got really good feet. I see the quickness there to kind of one gap and get upfield. I thought I'd see a more powerful player. I went back right. and I watched his 2021 film. It was a little bit better, so I right. will say that. Um, I. I would be more comfortable picking him in the second round than I would the first. I think he's yeah. a year or two away from being a run-stopping interior defensive lineman. And if I'm drafting an interior defensive lineman early in this draft, I want a three-down player. Um, I would not take him there. And the same reason is kind of the opposite way, right? I see the more pass-rushing potential for for Brze. You look at Mozzie Smith, I just don't see any pass run like you know he's on Bruce Feldman's freak list he's at the top and I see the strength like Brian you'll see it he'll lock out that offensive lineman wait for the running back move him once he sees the gap and make a play he's great at that but he just doesn't get a field and maybe that's the scheme I don't know but those two guys I would be much more comfortable making those selections in the second round than the first and then I really like Adebare 
I think is a three tech. I think he's going to be a really disruptive player if you're running a even front. Right. But again, I would feel more comfortable at pick four uh, 35 than I would probably at 25. Yeah, I see what you're seeing about Smith and did did I pronounce it Brise? Is that how did you did you do I think it's Brise. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I, I tell you what, I mean I gotta ask Dane. Games, Dane will know. Yeah, Dane will absolutely know. That's what but uh, Brise, Brise, whatever, whatever. I, I totally agree with your situation. People tell me go watch the North Carolina film on him that that he just lights it up. And I've yet to grab the North Carolina film. And I'm but that's the guy when you start to talk about guys that you could potentially be really, really wrong about. I'll, I'll start with that Clemson defensive tackle because he he's the type of guy that you can watch him make like some really nice plays and then you can watch him get knocked off the ball for straight snaps, you know, and you're like, well, why would I want this guy right now? Why would I want? So I think that, I think there's a kind of a, I don't know if he's a sleeper guy, but Ben Benton from Wisconsin. Oh, good player. Is a really good. And I, I love his toughness. I really, really, really do love his toughness. Have now, you watched it, but real quick, have you watched him against John Michael Schmitz in the Minnesota game? I, let me see what games I, let's see, let's see what games I've got from him. I watched Michigan State and Ohio State with the two I watched. Yeah, so go no, when you have a it. second, because I think it'll give you insight on, because I love John Michael Schmitz. Then I watched Kendall Benton move him around. And yeah. I was like, all right, I like Benton a little bit more, and I like John Michael Schmitz a little bit less. Yeah, the thing about that with John Michael Schmitz, he, he will snatch those wide techniques, though. You know, Great outside zone. Techniques. Awesome. Yeah. And, but, I, but I don't know. I mean, we talked about the whole thing with Linderbaum from Iowa last – was it last year yeah. that we did that mm -hmm. whole thing? And uh, there's things about these – I mean, I mean, I, I'm a John Michael Smith fan. But, yeah, I didn't see it. But if I could circle back yeah, about – Yeah, sorry. My but, bad. I interrupted you. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, I'm good. Um, I, I think that this guy really plays with a burst. And he's disruptive. Yeah. And he's a quick pass rusher. I don't think he has a whole heck of a lot of pass rush moves, but his arm over one is like good enough. And he'll kind of figure out, but he gets rid of blockers and he can put pressure on the quarterback. He's square playing the run. You don't see him get turned or knocked around or off balance or anything like that. He's kind of always in the position to make the, he like he's strong enough where he turns the ball back to somebody else to make a play. So, I mean, the Michigan State game, he had some really nice goal line stops. I mean, like when you run the ball right at him, he can he can make plays. But but when the ball goes away, you see him go and get the football. So, I think that if you're talking about kind of a and I don't know if he's a sleeper guy because everybody knows there's not sleeper guys, but but bitten for the offensive or excuse me for the defensive tackles. I don't think he's getting nearly enough credit that he deserves. Hey, really I don't. have him ahead. I'm looking at my board right now. I have him ahead of Mozzie Smith on my board, to be honest with you. I do. Yeah. I think I think yeah. he's a better I don't think you're play. wrong. I don't think you're wrong at all. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of reference this with John Michael Schmidt. Same way, Brian. I don't know if I see any of these interior offensive linemen as first round players. And again, maybe the Giants and, and Dallas at 25 and 26 aren't taking first round players there. They're taking right. second round guys, which is fine. Well, if Skaronsky somehow from oh, the yeah. people People have him guard because of the short arm arm length, 
Correct. Uh, no, hundred percent. I, I should have said besides Skaronsky. Hundred percent correct. There you go. But yeah, uh, but but Torrance. I learned how to say this name. It's Avila. 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 Okay. Avila. Good to know. Avila. I I watched I his center tape. Name. I watched his center tape from last year. It was yeah. good. His yeah. twenty twenty one center tape is good. Yeah. Yeah. I you know it's there's that kind of that group like I said Torrance from Florida. Avila from TCU, depending on where you have the North Dakota uh, state kit, yeah, where you have him, I think is kind of, they're all John Michael Smith, Tipman from Wisconsin. They're all kind of in that group where if you see them in the second round and there's a run on interior guys, those are the names that are going to go. Those are the names. I'll tell you a guy that people are kind of late on, and I don't know, have you seen the Moffy kid from U- uh, UCLA? He's actually on wa- my list today. He's on my list for today to watch. Please him. watch him. He, he is one of the things like you watch. There's um, there's the the quarterback from uh, UCLA that you uh, yeah. You're, yeah you evaluate and like all of a sudden he's dropping back and you know there's le- the the left guard you know is Moffy's blocking 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 and then the quarterback takes off running and it, it's kind of one of those guys where. Like if he had a quarterback that that would play stationary, because there's a lot of times like oh he lets go of his block, he lets go of his block because his quarterback is one two and run is what he is. So you know if you watch Mafi from UCLA play, I mean, he is a powerful guy. They pull him, they move him, they second level, they get him out on screens. He's a guy. Him and Zavala, those were two. He's at North Carolina State. Yeah. I thought there was kind of like two interior when I'm talking about guards. But if you look at there's really more than that. There's Torrance, Avila, Bradford from LSU. I know my alma mater. I'm hey, uh, trust me, I love LSU players, but I'm a little leery about him. Bradford's a really good player. Mafia's of all. There's a group of guys, like I said, that second, third round group that I think people are going to pick from in this draft. I want to pop a couple of different groups with it real quick. Edge rusher. I wonder about Miles Murphy, Brian. I don't see. I, I know he tested really well at his pro day. I don't know if that shows up on tape as much as I would like to see it. He doesn't dominate games. Um, I guess he's an option if he gets to 25. Nolan Smith's not going to be there as much as people might like him to be. He's he's just too good. What do you think yeah. about that next group of pass rushers? The B.J. Ojolari's, the Will McDonald's. Uh, I'm assuming Lucas Van Ness is going to go, though I think he's very raw. I think he's got a lot of work I, to do. When you mentioned Murphy, what came into my mind was Van Ness. <laughs> there, now, okay, if I'm going to be wrong about the Clemson tackle, I could be really wrong about Van Ness. And there's a lot, again, if you trust the Dane Brugler, and I love Dane. I've worked with Dane for 11 years on doing this. And he usually is right about these guys. And he's got Van Ness at 10 and his top 100. A lot of people do. I don't see and it. And I'm a lot like, of people do. I don't see it, man. I just don't. I, I he looks the part. Like, if you put him up on a podium, you're like, dude, that guy, that he looks like a defensive end, defensive tackle, yeah. or whatever. But yeah. he does, like, you don't, he's just, he just runs straight and, and he doesn't have moves. And that's, that's what I'm saying. And Iowa, Iowa has these guys. Iowa's put some good defensive players. They're really steady. They're really solid. They're really dependable. They're all these things you want to say nice about players is Iowa. But I, with Van Ness, I do not see a top 10 player. 
And if he goes, if he goes, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna lie, John. I'm gonna be happy. I'm going to be happy because I don't want Van Ness. I, I want Van Ness to get to you at 25, and you pick him. Hey, knowing, I, hey, knowing our luck, he'll get drafted by Philly at 10. He'll have 12 sacks next year playing oh, no, next and, to- and, and, and you and I will come back, and like when we see each other, we'll go, <laughs> hey, how long were we about Van Ness? But I, I agree with you. Nolan Smith, uh, you know, when you're watching last year, not, not this year, but we were watching last year, watching Jordan Davis and all these guys play at Georgia last year. Remember, it was like, well, who's that guy with a single digit? Who, who's yeah. that guy? Oh, that's that Nolan Smith. Don't worry about him. You'll catch him. You know, well, he, he's he's a hell of a player. He really is. I mean, it's not just the testing. It's he is a legitimate player. I'll tell oh, you yeah. another thing. Again, my love for LSU. You mentioned Ojolari. Um, he's a good pass rusher, man. He knows he's how to a get good to the pass rusher. He's a good pass rusher, and you know he he played in on some teams that weren't great and he was the best player on the defense for LSU and you know but man he physically looks the part the effort the motor the desire all that stuff about him is is top shelf McDonald from Iowa State same way same way same type of player uh you know i i just think there there's a there, there's there's things about about him, they're going to lay, well, he's 236, 238, whatever pounds. You know, I'm like, man, this guy can rush the passer. He just can. He's got that up the field. He can redirect. I mean, I think this is a pretty deep group when it comes yeah. to these uh, these edge edge players. Maybe, I, I, maybe I'm blind about the kid White from uh, Georgia Tech. I don't see I don't, it either. I don't see it either. Him and Foskey from Notre Dame. Nope. I no bars. I'm kind of in that mode right now where if somebody else were to take those guys, I could talk about some positive traits, but I could also be in my heart of hearts. If you're a Cowboy fan or a Giants fan, know that if you if somebody else took those guys, you're probably going to be okay. Derek Hall I, has I, some juice. A lot I like higher. Derek Hall. I think media scouts are a lot higher on those guys than maybe what the teams are. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I think Derek Hall has some juice as, as a day two pick. Yeah. He, he can fire yeah. off the edge a little bit. And I put kind of Zach Harrison more in that Foskey category where he's kind of big, right. his heavy hand, doesn't have a lot of burst. I know a yeah, lot of and- people saying that Yaya Diaby's moving up the board. And and I like his traits, but I, I think there's a lot of work to do on some of his on some of his pass rush moves, though, to be honest with you. I tell you what, it's uh, it, he he is an interesting player to watch. He's a good looking player, man. Yeah, he is a really good looking player. Yeah, he fits the role. Uh, I, the Giants probably going to pick a tight end because of the Darren Waller trade, and they you know flashed the Bellinger. Yeah, last why'd year you go off player. and do that? Why'd yeah, you go off and forget Darren Waller? Only a three. Why, why would good. you make it? You know. Uh, by the way, what do you think about that guy? What about your guy when he left? You guys to go to Jacksonville? What he? What kind of season no, did he have? I'm not. Uh, look, I'm not surprised. Evan Ingram. Was I'm not good. surprised either. Evan for, Ingram's for, like, a good football player. He just dropped passes in the worst possible times <laughs> when he was with the Giants. Like big play, third down against Philadelphia, fourth yeah. quarter drop. Yeah, but he was a good player, I, and he was a great yeah. dude too. He can. I, I tell you what, man. I I can't tell you how many times I've done Cowboys pregame shows where they're playing the Giants. And I talk about I talk about that tight end like he's the second coming of <laughs> Mark Bavaro, you know. He's tough. He makes plays. He got hurt again. Well, you know, I'm just 
I, 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 usually with the giant players, I'm usually not wrong about it, but man, I was really, really wrong. He goes, my man, Doug Peterson, Doug and I are friends. Doug takes him, Doug works with him. And next thing you know, he's like, a, he's a pro bowl tight end. I'm like, I told Doug, I said, Hey, thanks for making me look good on him because for years I thought he was a pro bowl. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, Brian, it's funny. Like, and I don't make comms lightly. And I hate people that pick like third round players and comms to a hall of famer. I think it's ridiculous. Yeah. But I think with this tight end class, and I say this understanding what it means, Michael Mayer looks like Jason Witten to me. Like, that's yeah. what he looks like. And, sure. by the way, Dalton Kincaid kind of looks like Travis Kelsey. And I understand yeah. Travis Kelsey's unbelievable. He's a Hall of Famer. But Dalton Kincaid is a receiver. Holy smokes. That yeah. dude is awesome. Yeah, you mentioned you mentioned Mayer. And I was, uh, I was part of the draft in Dallas in 03 that drafted Witten. And the, he was our last player in the first round uh, with a grade of 119. So he'd been the bottom of the first round on our board. But that was the draft when they had Dallas Clark, uh, LJ Smith. Uh, they had, it was like this, uh, just all kinds of tight ends. And they kept going off the board. And we got in the third round, and Jerry looks at Parcells and goes, Bill, we got to take Witten right. We got to take him. And Bill goes, yeah, we can take him now. Let's take him. <laughs> and, you know. Who did the Cowboys, so pick in the like, sec- ah! Who'd the Cowboys pick in the second round instead of him? That's what I want to know. Oh, no. It's like, oh, Jay Smith. Remember Philadelphia took, Dallas Clark went. Uh, the Carolina took a guy from UCLA that, oh, geez, what's his name? But the, these tight ends went off the board. The Cowboys, we took uh, uh, Johnson, the center from Wisconsin, is who we took in that draft. <laughs> Parcells, that was Parcells. But Parcells, I'll say this about Parcells. He had a vision for what Jason Witten was going to be. He absolutely. I mean, one of the reasons why Witten was on that board was that he had a vision for what Bill could really evaluate tight ends. He really, really could. And but he had a vision for Jason Witten. So uh, but yeah, you're right about this tight end group. I'll say this though for your list. I don't know if you've uh there's some questions about uh about our I uh, our Utah's uh, his back, his uh Kincaid's back that he's dealing with because he didn't he didn't work out at his pro day and stuff like that. I talked to some trainers around the league about it. I said, hey, hey, give me the story, tight end, back, what's the deal? Everyone came back and said, listen, probably not if you draft him, probably not going to be ready for a mini camp, probably not going to be ready for an OTA, but we'll be ready for training camp if you drafted him. So, again, it's a tight end, it's a back. Just something to keep in mind is you're looking at your board if you see McBride slip a little bit, maybe it's because teams think the Pinky, back is more mean, of a concern Pinky. than the guys I've talked to. Just something yeah. to keep in mind as you're following along in the draft. And I'll be honest with you, I just want to get your take on it. My third my third tight end is Sam Laporta, Brian. And I, I would be okay picking him at the end of the first round. Like He, he is a one-two grade for me. He's an yeah. Iowa tight end. He was on an awful offense that still produced. He runs great right. routes. He's got good hands. You know, in Iowa, you're going to be able to block a little bit. 
I think he's going to be a very, very, very good pro. And I would take him before Musgrave. I would take him before Donald Washington, to be quite honest with you. That's just me. I'll tell you what, man, it, there you can, I feel like you could throw a blanket over the top of this group and you'd be just fine. Uh, <laughs> I personally, I, I do. I, I, I really do respect what you're saying about Laporta. I do absolutely think he's in the mix on that. I, I would throw, I would throw craft in there too. The from South Dakota state is what I would do. Now, again, um, please be in mind that, you know, they, they do play, they do play some good football up there. I mean, oh, it yeah. used to be where you were playing against cattle ranchers and pharmacists and accountants and people like that, <laughs> but you're playing, you know, North Dakota state lives here in Dallas, North Dakota state, they, they, those residents of North Dakota might as well be paying taxes here because they're here every single year in the playoffs for the championship. South Dakota State, I mean, watch the film. The kids playing against Colorado State and North Dakota State. They're playing good football. But Kraft, I really, I really like him. And I, but I totally, totally get what you're saying about Laporta. Um, Iowa's done a good job with these tight ends. They, they have. They've, they've, They've put several of them in the league. They're very productive players. Uh, you know, you you have to you have to respect. Uh, yeah, you're, but you're right. Very bad offense. Probably didn't play to the level of where this guy really is as a player. All right, final final one for you, and then I'll I'll give you the floor to to, to freelance. Running back. I felt like I've done that for the last forty five minutes. <laughs> sure, you have a little I bit. Freelance. So have I though. Um, <laughs> we talked about Bijan. I know you love Jameer Gibbs as a first round pick too. Yeah. If you're waiting, and I think the Giants with Saquon on a franchise tag probably would wait until round three or four, probably closer yeah. to around four or five for a running back. Who are some yeah. of those late round guys that that you really like that could be there? Because you know, you talked about earlier with ice cream flavors, right? This is really right. middle round ice cream flavor running back type of draft. What are you looking for? Who are the guys that you like? Yeah, I'll tell you what, you're I, I do. I have two first round grades, and this is maybe it's the crusty part of me. I'm just about draft drafting football players. You know, I can I I started doing this. I'm over 195 players now, 196 players. I'm still going till the draft. I'm just going to keep going until I get tired of looking at them. But I started with B. John Robinson way back in December 1st. And nothing about B. John Robinson has changed as far as the more that I've gotten depth with this draft. If you're just looking for a football player, B. John Robinson is that guy. He's the, he's, he's the absolute guy. And I'll say this, though, too. Gibbs at Alabama, if you were looking for another back. I, I I personally, like I said, Robinson Gibbs, both first round players. Gibbs to me, when you the, the ability to run, the ability to, he's a complete player. He runs, he he does a great job in receptions. You see him making plays down the field and you see him blitz pickup. It's one of the reasons why that Young has had the success that he's had is guys like like Gibbs stepping across the pocket picking up a blitzer and taking care of that guy as the ball goes down the field. So to me, I, I, I would love to have either one of those guys. When you mentioned about those guys down the line, I think you have to look at Spears from Tulane would be love a them. kid. It really, really Bigsby from Auburn is another one. And, and then uh, Robinson's teammate, Roshan Johnson from Texas is another one explosive player, similar traits, catches. 
maybe doesn't have the blocking ability that what Robinson has. But when you're when you're looking at those when you're looking at those like you know maybe two three backs, uh, you know Evans from Old Miss, a personal favorite of mine. I know on Twitter I talk about him quite a bit. Is McIntosh from Georgia is another one that he's got that ability to like you see with him they put him in the backfield on third down they hand him the ball when there's light box he gets positive yards he can finish runs he's great tough. receiver too great receiver they put him wide and they'll throw him tunnel screens and stuff like that with blockers out in front great patience great hands so this is a really 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 deep group so if you're looking for somebody to put behind to be put, put behind Saquon and then potentially if they move on much like the Cowboys could very well move on from Pollard you want to have that guy that's available and ready to go where there's not this huge drop off but all those guys all those backs I mentioned I feel like this drafted when it comes to running back could go down probably five rounds before, you know, before yeah. you're like, okay, I can't pick a running back here uh, uh, anymore. We're recording this, Brian, on Monday. It's going to air literally two weeks before the draft. What's like the one thing you're thinking about that's top of mind for you with the draft about two weeks away? Yeah, I'm, uh, if you're, <laughs> if you're, if you're a fan of the Giants or fan of the Cowboys, I'm fascinated what Philadelphia is going to do at 10. I, I really do. I'm fascinated. I'm always fascinated as as um, as a guy who worked in this uh, worked in this division, you know, with the Cowboys for all these years. I'm always interested in how can I beat the Giants? How can I beat the Commanders? How can I beat the Eagles? And I always look at a draft that way. I always look if I don't win my division, I'm not going to. You know, I could get in the playoffs, but I need to win my division. And I, I said this earlier, I think the Giants have become a better drafting team. I think they're better coached. Um, I think they're not going to make mistakes. I just don't see the Giants making mistakes. The Eagles, they're very aggressive. Uh, they're very much a team that has a general manager that will put all the chips in the table. And, you know, if he's moving picks or going after a guy or moving his own picks to try and get a guy, I'm fascinated how, how he's going to operate there. I think the commanders are a quarterback away from being really good. Totally I think agree. They've got, I think they've got really good personnel on defense. I think they're building their offensive line. You look at their skill guys. They're all they've good. Tied in. They're a quarterback away. Will this be the year that the commanders get a quarterback when they pick? Will one of those quarterbacks slide to them? The commanders are uncanny. It's like the Ravens. Good players just – you think it's a top five player – and the next thing you know, the commanders are picking a guy at 17. And you're going, how the hell did that just happen? You know? So I look at this from a division standpoint. You know, I am now in a fight where I am drafting against teams that I think are better equipped to not make mistakes. So that compounds what I have to do. And I can't make mistakes. I have to feel like, and the Cowboys, I know from talking on the Cowboys end of things, they've done a really good job. One of the things they love to do is draft. They love to draft players. So the fact that they gave up a couple of compensatories to give up players, you know, that's something you now. But I, I would say this, if I'm a Giants fan, I think you guys are in great hands. And I think your roster is going to be better. And I, as a Cowboys 
a guy that follows the Cowboys and worked for the Cowboys, I would be concerned about the Giants. I'd be concerned about the Commanders, and I'd be concerned about the Eagles. I think we saw that with the way this division can be like what we saw last year. It can be like this every year. It, it, this is the way that these these teams are. So I'm always fascinated by that. And uh, one final thing on that, I'm also fascinated how these quarterbacks are going to get and how that, you know, how do did all the maneuvering pay off for the teams? Did they really, really get the guy that they absolutely wanted? Quarterbacks are a team that are a thing that can set your organization back if you don't get it right for sure. But uh, I'll tell you, it should be a fun draft, John. Really should Absolutely. Be. And by the way, I did some advanced scouting, listened to a few draft shows a little past week. You're welcome for Linda Wells. It sounds like you guys are pretty happy about it. I remember you texted me when the Cowboys hired. I'm like, dude, good tight ends coach. And it sounds like they've been pretty happy with him down there, huh? He might. You know what, Johnny? He might be the best offensive line coach on the staff. Yeah, too. but he was the assistant all line up here before yeah. with the tight end. Yep. I have I have never heard a negative thing about him as a coach. So, yes, as a Cowboy follower and a Cowboy thing, a Cowboy a guy who grew up in Dallas, thank you for – because the Cowboys coaching situation, if you're a Giants fan – there's a lot of things circling about this offensive staff right now. And Wells is not one of the issues. What's going to happen at OC? What's going to happen at running backs coach? What's going to happen at O-line? A lot of juggling chainsaws down here, John. Juggling chainsaws. Hey, remember, these coaching staffs are related because when the Giants have been McAdoo, they had a lot of the Mike McCarthy guys up here, yeah. and now they're the guys yeah. being hired by McCarthy. Like, Solario's up here for a couple years on O-line, so yeah. there are a lot of, you know, kind of crossing of the wires there. between. I know you staffs. didn't jump in there and give me the Mike Solari. That's a great hire recommendation, and I know she didn't jump in on that one. Mike Solari? Mike Solari did a kill of me, Protestant. Mike Solari did a good job up here. Brian, enjoy <laughs> the draft, my friend. I will talk to you soon, brother. Thank you, John. Appreciate that. Happy drafting. For Brian Broadus, I'm John Schmelk. It's another Giants Huddle brought to you by PSCNG. We'll see you next time. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event. So give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824.